And uh, equally, Derek, I mean, obviously in, in N2, you can you can choose location as a, as a factor. How many VC yeah, funds it, have that as a factor, let's say the Middle East, or, or do they exclude yeah. the Middle East completely? I mean, we, we, we started the project here. So we we're super focused on, on the MENA region, very quickly got a, because of the connection with South Asia, very quickly opened up to South Asia, et cetera, and took the platform global. Um, you know, what, in, intrinsically, one of the problems here is when you get to later stage, series A, B, um, there isn't really anything here for you, so you've got to go, uh, you've got to search externally, um, which is incredibly difficult for, for guys here. Um, but what we've really seen, um, which is super exciting uh, for this region, is on our discovery and onboarding investors onto the platform, more and more and more are happy to look into this region as well. So now, now you know, we, we, we've got Turkish corporate venture capital companies that are now looking into this region. We've got one of the biggest US-based guys that basically invested in Asia, Europe, uh, and the US has just opened his mandate so he can invest here. Um, you know, so this, this is the discovery we're doing. It's incredibly relevant for um, 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 startups because just finding that guy, that US investor, for example, would just be impossible right now because uh, a startup founder, what does he go and do? He goes and looks at historical data. The guy hasn't done a transaction here yet. There is no historical data. <laughs> so you'd never find it. So you've got, you got, you got two sides of it here. You know, that investor we're speaking to, he wants to see deal flow from the region. Um, and, and, and of course, founders would love to find him. Um, so that's how we're kind of bringing it together. A lot of points you spoke about, you know, what is that vertical? What do I want to invest in? Uh, it's also what we see, and it's, it, it's very, very clear. If you're one of the larger established VCs, you've got to raise capital. You've got to raise that on the back of a very, very coherent investment thesis that you have to stay with inside. You have to stay within those boundaries. So they can clearly define what they're going to look at. You have a whole bunch of other uh, investors out there, which are the corporate venture capital guys global investors they really don't care where it is they can invest anywhere but they're very specific on their vertical we only do iot for example so any iot company wherever they based wherever they're based can get an investment or reach out to these guys and find them and then you have you know in, in every economy you have your angel um to to seed investment guys um and and they're more, more what you were saying, you know, I like to get to know the guy, I like to feel it, I like to pop into the office and understand what that business is. Uh, and this sort of entrepreneurial spirit, spirit from the investor side is what lives and, uh, and keeps that beating heart going, essentially. If, if, if I can just add, I think, I think the good thing is that VC funds in general are, are used to investing into high risk, uh, uh, high risk in, uh, no. companies in general. But uh, by actually setting up in the DIC, I think the advantage of that is you are in a in a financial free zone which has a certain standing. So basically, if I talk from a legal point of view, okay, legally structuring, it's 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 quite straightforward. Uh, the information is available in English. Uh, all the information in the register is public information. That means you can go on the public information, you can get the excerpts. If you go to other, other countries in the region, uh, not, not even only in the Middle East, even outside of the Middle East, it might not be available in English, it might be only available in the local language. Uh, you have to translate all the documentation. They have to get uh, trust in that. Here, everything is there is a public register. A yeah. lot of free zones. I mean, you are aware there is not even a public register available. You people ask me sometimes from Europe, like, how do I find information on a company? I tell them, like, it's not that, that easy. Was, 
<laughs> in the DFC, it's quite easy. So that's, uh, I mean, it's literally why, why we set up in the DFC is because, you know, I'm, I'm from Europe. And my investor base was from Europe and, and they wouldn't invest in me here uh, unless I did it under common law. Mm. So it's a, don't like the expression very much, but it was a bit of a no-brainer <laughs> um, because you can uh, attract investors uh, on a global basis because uh, of the legal jurisdiction that you've set up it. Um, so, I mean, are there, are there any points on here that we we, we would like to expand upon? Um, I, I think uh, what we spoke about before the conversation, we had a conversation there, uh, how much do you ask? Right, uh, that part when you're pitching, uh, how do you represent your expenses, and 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 are they going to be the same when you were bootstrapped, or all of a sudden when you're asking for money, your expenses go up manifold? Uh, are you seeing that, uh, Igor? Like um, this is what we were talking about before you came in. Uh, when we're bootstrapped, every penny counts. But the moment you start looking for funding, and when you get the funding, your cost structure suddenly changes in many places. A well, lot of people start spending much more than they were when they were bootstrapped. Are you seeing that? I don't think I've seen a single business or a startup that has been within its original budget ever. Right? So um, I actually wanted to elaborate on point seven, and this is how much we need to pull it off. A big part of a business plan, and, and I'm really cutting into my monologue here, the, the, in the end, um, the big part of a business plan should always be your budget for a month, for six months, for a year, and so forth. And even if you're going for a certain number, you can probably multiply it by at least two to figure out the right cost is going to take to get there. So you also need to realize that before you start giving, out, giving away shares and which proportion you're giving them away, because what you think is going to cost you to get your business to a certain point on that great you know wherever you're going to where you want to get to that that every portion every move that you make needs to be financed and if you give away too much at the beginning then you're not going to be able to get it after and a lot of times your early investors are going to be uh you know at your you know round c d e that they'll, they'll want to get out because they made they made that initial risky investment they want to get out Although you'll find some investors that will add, that will buy in more into next rounds. We've done so with People AI. We've done so with Discord. We've done so with Farfetch before. Remember when Farfetch, that was already years ago, we're public. With Coursera, with Udemy, we've done it with those. We've bought in earlier rounds and then we bought into later rounds because we see that the company has set out the right budget. They're fitting in within that budget. They're, they're getting the things done that they're supposed to get and they need more money to advance. They don't need more money to do what they essentially wanted to do in the beginning. They need more money to advance. Then yes, we'll we'll continue investing into the business. Why not? Yeah, the, uh, point point seven is always always one of those uh, uh, very interesting areas, isn't it? Uh, um, you know, the, the the dream versus the reality, uh, and and the reality of executing a plan and getting to that point within a within a, within a given budget. But the fact of the matter is, if if it's going to cost you more, that's clear, and you should always budget that in. On the other side of that, VCs do understand it. Investors always do that as well, right? So we kind of share this risk between us of I need a bit more money, can I have it? Uh, so so that ownership uh, and relationship grows through through those those things. But I think this is this is this is one of the points where where I think founders always get a little bit lost, uh, and that is we, we want to build everything. 
you know, it'd be like Elon Musk if his first project of SpaceX was actually to build the rocket to go to Mars. There are steps along the way. And there are a lot of steps and you've got to execute them one at a time and hit those targets. It's what it's all about. We can have the long term visions when you build out, build out your fin financial pro projections. Nobody is Notradamus. We do not have a crystal ball. We can have one year, 18 months, two years visibility max. All we can do after that is wish and hope and extrapolate. Absolutely. That's there, all we there, could do. There's a lot of external factors too. You can look at the economy in general. Now I'm the financier is me is going to talk for a minute. But there's a lot of there there are a lot of factors, especially we live in the world like today, where money is being printed by tons. And you know, although we want to ignore it completely, but eventually that's going to cause hyperinflation to the U.S. dollar and states. Eventually, it's going to happen. It doesn't work any other way, or it hasn't worked. Maybe it will work. Maybe things changed, but it hasn't worked in the last uh, 2,021 years. And uh, you have to realize when you're building a project, the wages that you have to pay to the employees that you hire, your engineers, whatever it is you're doing, right? If the economical factors change a lot and there is, you know, a very, uh, you know, quick rate of hyperinflation, those rates will go up. You will have to pay double of what you thought you were going to have to pay those engineers. Mm -hmm. there, there, there's just... So many external factors that you need to consider. Feel, That's why I would say you have to at least double the budget that you came up with first. So. Do you feel with sort of um, some of these sort of sy systemic risks that, that that might be emerging? Do you feel that's a, a function of the VCs to bear in mind when they're looking at valuations? Because on the other side, we're seeing valuations go through the roof and money being put to work, uh, a never increasing pace, right? Or should the founder be really taking that? Both, absolutely both. I mean, whether it's whether it's a startup uh, or it's a huge old public company that exists, you know, you have your systemic risks that are, you know, they're always there. You have to look at them as an investor. You have to look at them as the manager of that company. Uh, they happen, right? And you know, everybody likes to use the term "black swan," right? Nobody's ever seen a swan until, well, they saw that first one and it was black, right? You never know what's going to happen, right? But you have to, well, there, there, there's a lot of optimism that goes into VC. There's a lot of optimism that goes into startup. You have to, you know, be positive that things will stay at least on track for the next, you know, 18 to 24 months, like you said, right? And, do, right? and then the company is going to fit into its immediate budgets. Indeed. But I mean, if there's a, do you want to carry on? In, I, Don't I want get, to carry on. We're, I guess, we're done. No, I, I, just, just to say, I guess the, the last thing where you're sitting, what you've recently been through as well, is is sort of that negotiation term sheet, closing out those deals. Um, Lately, we've been doing a lot of later rounds where we, we've got into, like I said, People AI, beautiful company, great management. The guy is just nuts about what he does. And uh, I've invested into a, a startup here that had funds, built a project, COVID hit, can't find an investor, can't find a buyer because, you know, it's it's high tech, right? And his tech is already a year and a half old. You know, there's there's all these new came up that he needs to rebuild it. So I looked at the project. Uh, maybe do you want to get to the point where I, you know, this is how I pick my investment now or, uh, that, that'd be exactly, shall we? It's a really big picture of you. Is you it? <laughs> is it? Oh, where is it? Whoa. Oh, my. Yeah, yeah. 
I kind of look the same, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that's like my one professional edited picture that I have, but quality here is not good. Um, how, how, how we invest, how we pick what to invest. I, I will have to go by points. I didn't make a PowerPoint presentation. I hate PowerPoint presentations. I hate making PowerPoint presentations, right? But you know, sometimes they help you out. Kind of go if you're if you're doing a pitch, if you're talking about something, they kind of help you get back on track because you have so many things to say. Uh -huh. Sometimes you you leave out the important things, and this is very important for a startup when they're doing a pitch as well. Um, first, we look is product or service, product or service, team budget, business plan, and shareholder base, right? If we're not an angel investor or a seed investor, there's been investors before us. We want to know who they are. We want to know why they got in. We, we want to meet them. We want to talk to them uh, and so forth. So if you have a product, you have to look at the market for your product. We're talking about the immediate uh, market, and then we're talking about competitors. When, when I can't come in to invest into a business and to say, well, like I said, there's a problem. We have a solution for it was point one and two. If you actually go back, yeah, a lot of yeah. what I'm going to be saying is actually written on that board. I'm just going to be adding a couple more points, right? So uh, there's a problem. Okay, well, you need to figure out how big that problem is. Uh, you have a solution. You have to figure out if you're the only one who has a solution. How many of you guys that have a similar solution? If there's one, two, three competitors in the world, if you're a unicorn, right or going to become a unicorn right uh you know if you're making that orphan drug that nobody else has come up with yet right then you need to know how big your competitors are you need to know how your competitors work about are they aggressive competitors or are they you know passive you know they they made a product they made a service they kind of carry on they expand their business or they're aggressive where they're gonna you know help you not succeed as well as you wanted to or you know try and take you out in earlier stages, maybe buy you out or maybe do something that will make your life a lot, you know, harder, um, you know, make prices a lot cheaper that will just drive you out of business. You need to know who those competitors are and how they behave. Uh, shareholder structure, right? Uh, a lot of businesses, I, I get a lot of pitches. A lot of people come to us and go, I have an idea. I want to 3D print an autonomous blockchain on Mars, right? That's what everybody's doing. AI, big data, you know, boom, make your brain melt. Oh, and all the ideas, yeah. And and I go, well, essentially, I specialize investing into transport companies, logistics, supply chain, stuff like that. Uh, delivery robots is like the one thing I'm really excited about right now, you know, just literally fix a lot of last mile deliveries and all that stuff. That's really important. And, you know, and somebody comes up to me with that project, you know, a 3D printed blockchain um, automated on Mars. I go to them, I have the money to invest into your project. I think it's cool, but I wouldn't know what to do with that. Mm -hmm. I can't help you. So when you're looking for an investor, I think one very, very important subject, can your investor help you? Not just by giving you money. Can they help you raise future funds? Can they help you get your product to the market? Can they help you, uh, you know, work out things with your competitors, with your suppliers? Can they, there's so many things help you out with the whole supply chain of things. Right when you're when you're starting a project, very very important for budgeting. We already covered it. I had a big whole thing I wanted to talk about budgeting. It's very important in the startup. Uh, everybody always underestimates how much money they need for a project. Always, I haven't seen a single exception to that. You know, and and again, you know, when it's a startup, oh, you realize that let's say you need five million dollars, 
to carry on for the next two years to hire the team that you need uh, for this project. Uh, we talked we talked about systemic risks and and whatnot. Let's say you need to double that amount, but you're not going to come up to a VC. You're not going to come up to an angel investor and say we need ten million dollars. But right now, you know we're we're a small free zone company in Fajera, right? 